0: Welcome to the and Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cheshire. And in this podcast, I speak with impact-driven founders and share their real-time stories about how their solution has a positive impact on society. This is a show for founders, investors, and all individuals looking for some positivity and optimism as you hear from people working hard to help better our society and our planet. You can expect to learn about some awesome new products and services in this show that will bring you more hope in our quest to solve some of society's biggest issues. Let's dive in to this week's episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. We're finding the elegant and climate friendly answer to the age old question, what's for dinner? In this episode of the Talkin' Solutions podcast, I'm sitting down with the founder of Curie, Baptiste Malaguti, to talk about how Curie curates recipes based on personalized factors that leads to a reduction in your carbon footprint and higher quality nutrition. For me, this solution is a fantastic way for consumers to not have to think about their dinner plans and know that they're getting a climate friendly and nutritious meal in an app that is user friendly. My problem is having way too much time spending searching for recipes and trying to find out if the food is ethically sourced and is it healthy for me? Does it have fresh ingredients and all of that type of stuff. And Curie helps solve all of these problems. So let's learn how, shall we? We're highlighting another positive solution on this edition of the Talking Solutions podcast. And in this episode, I am joined by the founder of Curry, Baptiste Malaguti, and Curry is answering the elegant, climate-friendly question, of course, of what is for dinner uh, on that front. And Baptiste, just thank you so much for coming on the show to share your solution and how you are uh, helping combat, uh, you know, climate change and and also convenience for. Uh, shoppers as well, and consumers. So why don't you just do us the honor a little bit and share exactly what Curry is and, and why that solution is so great for the world. Great.
1: Thank you so much for the intro and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, so I can introduce myself. I'm Baptiste uh, Malaguti. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Curry. I was born and raised in France and I live in Barcelona, Spain. Um, and basically Curry is a personalized cooking and meal planning app. Uh, our goal is to help people figure out what to eat next, uh, plan their groceries in the most uh, convenient uh, and climate-friendly way possible. Um, our long-term mission, I would say, is to reinvent the way that people buy their groceries online uh, and do that you know, on a warming planet. And we have a great example of that nowadays with you know, the... Heat wave in europe the wildfires all around the world
0: that's for sure i mean we have a big thing going on with the heat wave in europe i mean in the u.s we have that as well at certain points i mean there's no i feel like every summer these days we're getting into world records being smashed in some country or another whether it's in india or whether it's in europe or whether it's in north america you know whatever it might be and and things of that nature as well heck i'd be curious to see as well and Uh, you know, further down in South America and Australia, you know, what their summers have been like, you know, obviously our winters with the the reverse and things of that nature. So obviously there needs to be something to be addressed on that front. And uh, what we're talking about today is, is what your app does and how it kind of gives that kind of climate friendly answer to that with cooking and shopping and also for convenience, which I'm really excited to get into on that front as well. But first, you know, Baptiste, you gave us a quick kind of background, but why is it that you wanted to start this company? Uh, What is it about the problem that you saw where you were like, you know what, I'm kind of tired of just looking at this problem and thinking about it. I'm actually going to take action and try to create a solution to this problem and, and really kind of move things forward. So just kind of tell me a little bit about your thought process behind that and and why you kind of felt like this was a problem that needed to be attacked? That's
1: a great question. Actually, what's interesting is that when we started working on curry, the climate friendliness aspect, you know, reducing your dietary carbon footprint was completely out of our scope, our, out of the original idea. We were simply frustrated as consumers by the lack of personalization uh, of cooking apps, quantity over quality, like you know, millions of recipes that were not relevant to us, that poor quality, it just didn't integrate well into our weekly grocery habits as well as a product, you know, like managing your shopping list, planning your meals, et cetera. And yeah, climate friendliness is and remains completely absent of 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 cooking apps in general, unless you go for, you know, a vegan cooking app. And I think we saw also back then, you know, that the online grocery sh- shopping experience was pretty bad or at least pretty bare bones and didn't really have the tools, um to make the experience um, pleasing week over week. Um, and this is where we thought there might be something to do, you know, um, blending the concept of like meal kits where you receive all the ingredients uh, from a selection of recipes with the cooking app. And that's a concept that's now called Troubleable Recipes. And but first of all, we needed to prove that we were able to build a great, you know, cooking and meal planning experience. And that's, Basically, where we where we started from.
0: Yeah, I feel like the experience is everything, right? I mean, that's as much as we like to think that having a hey, you know, this is climate friendly, or hey, this is going to bring equality, or hey, you know what, blah blah blah. You know, the unfortunate reality of it is, is it really comes down to experience and convenience for for the end user and, and that customer. So, I think that's a really great way to kind of approach it on that front as well. And and Batiste, I'd, I'd be curious to kind of hear your opinion as well on kind of what has been some traditional problems that we've had when it comes to talking about sourcing of food and kind of shopping being unsustainable and things of that nature, you know? For me, off the top of my head, when I think about that, I think about the travel and the transportation and and buying things that are out of season instead of kind of looking local in your communities as well. Um, That's one thing that really kind of pops out to me, but I'd be curious to hear a little bit from your professional perspective, kind of what you have seen and your market research has kind of told you.
1: Great question, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I think you're right that, you know, local food comes top of mind as like sort of the thing that we should fix like eating more local more seasonal um interestingly when you look at the data you know greenhouse gas emissions of food uh food miles only represent six percent of of food's carbon footprint so there's been a lot being told about eating local but actually where it comes from matters less than what you eat and this is where you know when you look into the greenhouse gas emissions of food there is a vast majority of it comes from animal agriculture. Land use is also vastly dominated by um, animal agriculture, deforestation as well. So it's important to think of what to eat rather than where it comes from. But then again, it's even better if you source your food locally, if you know where it comes from, if it's a smaller farm, you might have better nutrient density, if it's local, organic, Uh, if they implement some permaculture as well i think it's it's always a good way to think about it but most of the effort that we can make is rather going to be on what to eat rather than where it comes from so it's accessible to everyone. You don't need to have a farmers market around you to to be able to make efforts and cut your dietary carbon footprint in half.
0: Right? Yeah, and then that goes into a, a whole different conversation that yeah. we could have about farming practices and making sure that that's being sustainable and regenerative versus the traditional factory farming and all that. So we won't go down that rabbit hole, but that is obviously something that uh, plays a major role into that as well because a lot of that has to do with you know just the mass population of whatever it might be with cows or deforestation with palm oil you know th- yeah. that's something that is disastrous in a lot of areas too so it's a it's an interesting thing but that's an interesting thing i didn't really think about that too much but yeah it's definitely more about you know what you eat and and where you're maybe where you're getting it but in terms of like the practices of the farmer yeah. too right like if they're doing more regenerative that's probably going to be a lot better than if you get something local but that farmer is still doing bad practices yeah, or something absolutely
1: like greenhouses for instance can be pretty bad um, this is why like seasonal food especially is great, you know, out of season uh, ingredients generally have uh, a carbon footprint that's five times higher than out of season, uh, than in season, sorry. Um, so, yeah, it's really important also to, to focus on, on seasonality and the practices at the farm level for sure.
0: Yeah. Seasonality, especially as well. Um, so really important on that front. So that's obviously, you know, something really important when it comes to the climate and what we're trying to do to mitigate that type of impact as well. But, you know, you mentioned something else on that front too, that I think is really important, which is the experience and uh, convenience as well for the consumer, because I think a lot of consumers want to uh, implement these types of changes into their lives to be more sustainable, whether that's through buying more sustainable products that are done in a more slow fashion sense versus fast fashion, whether that's food, you know, whether that's brands that treat their employees more ethically with fair wages, like, you know, consumers, I think, want to do this. But I think their biggest pain point is that it's hard, because you have to do a lot of research on your own. And, and that takes a lot of time. And, you know, it's easy to want to do all these things. And the next thing you know, the time's over, though, when you got a family and kids to worry about a job to go to and household chores, and, you know, it just kind of gets put, unfortunately, kind of on the back burner as well. So I'd be curious to your opinion on obviously what you're doing. There, there are other companies doing what you're doing. you trying to do what you're doing to to a similar degree. So, what is it about their experience and or some things that about their apps that uh, maybe don't resonate with you as well? That you're trying to really solve for when it comes to this type of user experience and this type of convenience, so that people are actually using this app and and we can actually start to move forward and make some of these changes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you pointed out, you know, the difficulty of changing habits in general, whether it's eating habits or any habits, it's pretty hard to, to, to build habits. In general, it needs to be convenient, it needs to be easy. It needs to be rewarding as well. Um, and it needs to fit into you know your system within your household, especially when it comes to like, you know, doing your groceries and, and and figuring out what to eat next. So I think it is really important to nail the first experience that your user is going to have your with your product. That's something that is crucial. And for us, the first experience that people have with curry is when they cook their first recipe. And that's a key moment because if that recipe ends up being, you know, not so good, too difficult, you've lost that user and they're never gonna, you know, continue those efforts. They might be disappointed and never come back to using your product and generally think that you know eating more sustainably is too difficult. I think it's really important to nail down the user experience I, i'm a product person so of course that's the kind of thing that i would say <laughs> but uh, i think it it, it is very important to to nail the onboarding um and not be you know food is very cultural uh very people are very opinionated about their food as well so it's really important not to trigger people with certain messages about you know this is bad that's not how you build good habits um it's really important to um yeah quality over quantity for sure personalization the messaging the aesthetics of the product are really key uh, for any consumer product i think um a lot of consumer climate tech product kind of lack in this in this realm because it comes from the good intention right to to make the world a better place but it's hard to integrate into people's habits that's for sure and The way we do it, the way we try to do it, is to make it as invisible as possible. And I can dive deeper into this later on, but basically uh, the strategy, the tactics that we use to nudge people towards more climate-friendly meals is what we call menu design or choice architecture. And it's basically putting more climate-friendly options first and automatically that is gonna boost um, and lower the carbon footprint of of what people cook, like they're gonna cook more climate friendly recipes as a result of having more um you know plant rich options being shown to them that fit their diet.
0: yeah, that's a great point. You hit a few things there that I find really interesting, and you know what we're getting to that point. I think we need to start kind of diving into the solution a little bit about what you're doing to um, kind of solve this problem as well, because you talk about the convenience and, you know, integrating habits. I mean, habits are difficult. I think they believe, I believe it. they say that if you can do something for about 28 days, it'll form into a habit. 28 days is about a month. That's a long time to get yourself to do things without thinking, you know, which is obviously what a habit is, right? You just do it. It's a difficult thing to integrate. And I think you make great points I know you mentioned, oh, yeah, I'm a product person, user experience, yada, yada. Well, I mean, it's incredibly important. There's a reason why it's such an important thing to have on your apps and have on your uh, products because, you know, we live in a day and age of convenience. It's always has been. And if you can convenience the user and give them a pleasant experience by showing them that first kind of climate friendly recipe, as you mentioned, and they have a great time with it, they're going to come right back versus that first experience where they log in. They're like, oh, you're telling me that my idea of nutrition is wrong. Why is that wrong? You know, and trigger them. Like you said, it's a cultural thing. So there's lots of things to touch points along the way that I find interesting, but that's, uh, yeah, really interesting. We won't deep dive into product talk though. We're talking about solutions and positivity and stuff as well. So so with that batiste going forward and as we look into what you what you do and its importance and user experience and things of that nature as well you kind of briefly touched on it but how does your app kind of go ahead and promote more kind of climate friendly eating habits and things of that nature and kind of empower that consumer to get a little more knowledge and education on that let's take a quick time out to talk about my book recommendation for this week here on the talking solutions podcast i want to highlight 21 Lessons for the 21st Century by Yuval Noah Harari, the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Sapiens. And in this book, he tackles, as you might imagine, the 21 big issues here that we face In the 21st century and one of those of course is climate change and the ecological crisis and what i find interesting about his writing is talking a lot about how nationalism can kind of play a little bit of a role in that we see a rise in nationalism in some countries and how it's a global issue and they need global answers just like climate change on that front And it's fascinating to me as he talks about the politics and the cooperation that will be needed among nations to be able to build and work towards these goals and also the role that business will play moving forward in climate change. He also tackles several other topics such as education, terrorism, war, secularism, civilization in immigration as well as among various topics. It's a fascinating read that really makes you think about the true problems that we are facing and some of the solutions that we can be working towards. Meanwhile, how can we get around the obstacles to get to that solution? So it's a really interesting read, I highly recommend it. It'll really make you think, and it's something that always is good to have in the back of your mind to give you some perspective and move forward with the way that you think about the world. So with that, let's dive back into the episode. The first
1: thing that we do in Curry when you install the app is that we're gonna ask you a bunch of questions about your diet, your cooking experience, where you live as well is very important so we can, you know, nudge you towards what's seasonal, um, the spices that you have at home, things like that. So we can get sort of an idea of who you are, what kind of food you like, and then we're going to show you a selection that we think is relevant to you. We make it easy for you to build a you know, shopping list based on that, share that with your partner um, to integrate into those shopping habits. Um, and the way we nudge people towards more climate-friendly recipes is that we basically calculated the carbon footprint of each of our recipes for each region that we cover. So we cover... Several states in the US, I mean, most states in the US, in uh, France, the UK, Canada. And based on the carbon footprint in your region, we're going to basically tweak the score of, of the algorithm that's going to rank the suggestions that are being shown. And that's what we call choice architecture. So putting forward something that we know matches your preferences and your diet, but that we also know has a smaller carbon footprint. And doing that is automatically going to nudge people and and push them to cook something that has a smaller carbon footprint than what they would normally choose if this, you know, menu design was not implemented.
0: Interesting. Okay. That is very good. I really like that. That's a, where did you guys kind of come up with that? Was that something that you came up with something with the engineer or just kind of something that you guys all kind of collaborated on?
1: So the original idea behind calculating the carbon footprint uh, of recipes came from our chef. Um, he, you know, he keeps um, he keeps tabs on what consumers want in terms of food. He keeps tabs on what they're interested in, and he realized that there was a growing interest for the carbon footprint of of, of food and the meals that we cook. And so we we were brainstorming and thinking about how could we create our own uh, carbon footprint calculator using publicly available data, and use that. Uh, and take it into account, and and then the more we grew convinced that it was also our mission to help people eat more uh, sustainably, the more importance we gave it in the algorithm. And what's really interesting is that you know seventy nine percent of the recipes that people cook with curry are meatless recipes, and that's despite the fact that uh, two thirds of our user base is omnivores. Basically, it's not vegetarians, it's not vegans, but still almost 80% of what they cook is meatless recipes.
0: That is interesting. That's an interesting discovery on that front as well, especially when you consider, obviously, I'm speaking from an American perspective. But, you know, it's just interesting coming from, you know, what you would traditionally think a, an American diet might be, which, let's be honest, is not a great diet. Um, it's not, we got a lot of issues with o- obesity and health problems on that front. So it's probably good that it doesn't follow that. But it's an interesting thing as well that you have a lot of people who don't recognize themselves as being vegetarian or vegan, but are still finding themselves. Cooking more and more kind of meatless recipes, which is really important, especially with the environment and agriculture and livestock and some of the poor practices that we've implemented in farming that have uh, caused some of the emissions to go up on that front as well. So kind of cool how that's kind of again just based on your matching and things of that nature and recommendations.
1: Yeah, and I also want to insist on you know the positivity aspect of that, like not talk just about the carbon footprint and and and, and you know the dramatic things that are happening in agriculture and global warming, but Also the fact that, you know, I transitioned from what I call a clueless omnivore diet to a plant-based diet. And it happened without it feeling like a sacrifice or a compromise on taste or convenience at all. For me, it was a discovery uh, opening my mind to new tastes, new cultures, new cuisines. And I'm so grateful for that change from a culinary perspective, right? So it really didn't feel like um, I'm lacking something where I miss meat or barbecues or whatnot. And I think that's really important to convey as well through this experience is like make sure that people are actually going to love what they eat. And they're going to talk about it because they discovered this new recipe that everyone loves. And that's really important.
0: Yeah, it goes back to what you said at the beginning, food's culture. Right. So if you can get something to where people are loving it and and they want to share it with whatever that new recipe might be, whether it's becoming more plant based like like yourself or you kind of made that transition or just getting the education, knowing where your food's coming from. Is this ethically sourced, you know, meat? Is it coming from a good place? You know, and stuff like that. And just being educational and intentional um, about that as well on that front. and. Uh, I'd be curious to know, too, because we've talked a lot about the benefits of kind of the climate impact of this and how important it is to kind of reduce carbon footprint and emissions on that front as well. But, you know, another huge impact that we're getting that when you eat more locally uh, and that when you put more intentional behind recipes that are probably better for you as well, you're improving your own health which your health is everything as a human being. I mean, if you don't have good health, yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're screwed for lack of a better word, right? I mean, you're going to be in trouble. You can't live without having a good health. And I feel like what Curry does too is not only does it kind of give you that climate-friendly answer, but it also teaches you a bit about, hey, these are some good recipes that are going to be a little bit better for you from a health perspective too, versus just like, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, going through a drive through at lunchtime uh, at McDonald's or whatever, just because you're, you know, again, convenience, uh, looking for a convenient meal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a an article um, a couple of months ago that uh, showed that basically prescribing food and veggies would save billions a year in 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 health costs in the U.S. And that's you know that's obvious. Uh, and when you focus on plant rich meals, there's an obvious health benefit to that. Um, and that's definitely the direction that we want to. Go to like help people figure out how to eat more healthily. Like also track their macros if they want to. It's not something that I personally do, but I think it's important for a lot of people to you know know what they're getting, what kind of energy they're getting, especially when they're reducing their meat consumption. A lot of people initially are worried about protein intake or you know amino acids that you may find in meat that are a little bit harder to come by uh, when you transition to a plant-rich diet. It's really important to eat very diverse types of, of uh, fruits and vegetables to, to get that level of nutrition um and yeah that's that's why we're here for as well
0: awesome love to hear that as well and and so uh, batiz can you just kind of take us through the app and and kind of like how it works so for example if i'm signing up if i'm a user you know what can i expect to see you mentioned at the very first you're going to be asked questions and you're going to be you know needed to give answers and stuff like that as well but once i'm logged in you know what are all the great things i can do what are things that you're working on Uh, things of that nature that as a user i'll be able to experience yeah
1: So I think, um, yeah, I mentioned earlier, the onboarding that's going to ask you a bunch of questions just basically so we know what kind of recipes not to show you, you know, like so many apps, uh, even if you have a vegan filter or vegetarian filter, you're still going to see meat. So this onboarding process is going to make sure that everything that you see is relevant. Once you pass that onboarding experience we are going to suggest recipes to you. You can add them to your grocery list. You can add them to your favorites, come back to them later, label them, things you want to try later. Um, you're also able to add what you have in your fridge, what you have in your pantry to be able to cook with that. So that it might help you reduce food waste. Um, and the shopping list is obviously a central part of the app experience. Recently just last week we made it uh, collaborative and shareable so you can share it with your partner and you know add whatever you need uh, to that shopping list, whether it's food, whether it's I don't know, shampoo, whatnot. And that essentially turns this shopping list into something that is versatile that you can use for all your needs. And it's synchronized across your household, which is really important if you want to you know um, plug into the habits of, of a household and help them manage this chore, basically. Um, And one important feature that we're going to release in September is going to be the sort of like what we call the magic meal plan. So it's sort of a wizard that takes you through a couple of questions as well about, you know how's your next week going to be? Are you going to be very busy? What kind of meals do you want to cook? How many people are we cooking for? And it's going to build a coherent um, meal plan For you, reusing ingredients, making sure that there's not going to be food waste, making sure that we use what you have at home. And basically in a couple of taps, you have your whole week of meals figured out and eventually make that shoppable. So plug in with, you know, your favorite grocer and you can get all your groceries delivered through through this experience. And that's the future of curry. Um, And also taking into account, you know, different diets. If you're following a keto diet or raw vegan diet, uh, that's the kind of thing that are on
0: our roadmap. Oh that's really cool with the magic the magic wizard if you will to kind of come across and, and plan out everything for you. Again, there's that convenience if you just take that uh, time to fill out the questions that you're going to get. Hey, are you busy? Is this going to be a week where we need quick recipes? You got a lot of time to really experiment and get those cultural taste buds moving around or, you know, what types of things you you know can do adapt based on your schedule. So, sounds like a fantastic value add. You mentioned that'll be that's planned for September. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's going to be a big release where we include also the nutrition data. Um, Yeah, that's planned for September 2022.
0: Awesome. Fantastic on that front. Uh, I want to ask a little bit too to go back to kind of that user experience and that convenience as well, because I know that's a big part of what you guys are doing and what you're trying to accomplish is, is to actually, you know, we've talked about this already, but to actually make this something that people are going to use and come back to and have a great experience with as well. What types of things have you learned from, your current users that you've had and people that you've onboarded and your customers on that front and what type of feedback have you gotten? And then how have you kind of taken that feedback to apply that to the product in order to improve that experience?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the important feedback that we got early on um, is that some users wanted to do meal planning uh, and they wanted to be able to also add their own recipes. You you Mm -hmm. mentioned like quick recipes, that you do during the week. It's just a couple of ingredients, but it's satisfying and everybody loves it at home. It's not fancy, you wouldn't put it on the food blog, but it's still something that fits really nicely into your, your weekly habits. So from that feedback, we allowed our users to also add their own recipes so that we can integrate that into meal plans. It Just fits well into your habits without changing too much. Um, and that's been a really important piece of feedback. I think I was also very surprised by the fact that, you know, we are branded and, and on the App Store as a climate-friendly cooking app. But when you read the reviews or when I talk to users, they don't necessarily talk about, you know, the climate-friendliness, the low-carbon footprint. They talk about the quality of the food and the quality of the user experience. So that's really what's important to them. And the cherry on top is, you know, the fact that it's, adapting to what's in season around you, but that's really just the cherry on top for them.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. It's it's really just something that kind of complements everything, right? Hey, not only are you going to be getting a great experience here, but you're going to be doing things that are more climate friendly and you're also going to be presumably, uh, you know, probably overall uh, getting a better health and nutrients uh, delivered to you as well with a lot of these recipes that are being suggested on that front too. So, I find that to be um, a fantastic value add to going forward uh, with that um, as well. When it comes to kind of that product and, and getting that feedback and they're talking more about that experience and the convenience versus the climate friendliness and stuff like that. Does that kind of change your your marketing, if you will, or do you kind of still keep to climate message and the nutrition message and and all of that?
1: That's an interesting question, actually. I, I can see that it comes from the marketer inside of you. It's a really good question. I think there's a good balance to, to be found. I think it's still important to market the product as you know climate-friendly cooking app, uh, especially with younger users. We have extremely young users, you know, 17, 18-year-old who come to Curry because they are extremely, you know, climate aware and they're definitely, you know asking their parents or even cooking on their own for more plant-based recipes. So the climate question is really important to that audience and it's only going to get bigger. Um, But um, once they're inside the app, we try to tone it down uh, a notch to to make sure we don't overwhelm with that climate message. But yeah, there's a good balance to be found uh, when it comes to marketing. Different channels means that we might use different messages. Uh, different audiences age range um they are receptive to different messages that's for sure
0: interesting i wouldn't have expected the 17 18 year old demographic maybe that was just me because i was you know not exactly cooking food at 17 18 years old <laughs> nor was i interested in it but better than i i suppose
1: i wouldn't say it's the majority of our users but certainly a lot of them are in their early 20s that's for sure
0: very cool very cool and it's great that they're kind of um you know, resonating with that climate message as well and hopping on that and and doing so. Where are a lot of the the users? You mentioned that you're in Spain. I know that, uh, you know, you have people that work in the U.S. as well. And and where are you kind of seeing a lot of this growth kind of taking place?
1: So I'm based in Spain, but actually the app is not available in Spanish yet. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. available in uh, in English, in French and in German. Uh, These are basically our three main markets. France is the biggest one. Um, because the app store has featured us in France many times that has helped tremendously, of course, with, with, with traction and growth, uh, the U S is our second market. And the one that I think there is a bigger opportunity, of course, you know, like we talked about the American diet and it's carbon footprint, um, and. Yeah, that's basically where most of our users are.
0: Let's go to that American audience. Everybody listening, that's American. Hop on, get this app, improve the diet. We all know. Let's admit it. We don't have a good diet. It's all right. We can, we can, we can self-proclaim and admit that that that's not great. So we'll get rid of that and hop on curry and get some uh, better recommended curated recipes for us to cook at home. Save a little money as well. It's uh, great on all angles. Um, no, but Batiste, I, I want to kind of move forward, you know, with this in, in terms of the episode and, and start talking a little bit about how people can can support you and, and how they can kind of sign up and some things they, they can do to to kind of move forward and get this. But before we get into that a little bit, you've already kind of mentioned uh, the future Uh, of what you want to do with with curry and things of that nature as well you have the big release in september and some other things but how about getting a little bit longer down the line you know like what do you kind of see in the next maybe three to five years and and what would be your your end goal for for curry and, and what you guys are trying to accomplish on that front we're taking a quick time out to talk about a new feature on the Talk Solutions podcast, and that is the new newsletter that I have dropped. I'm super excited to finally have this ready, and it's been going for about the last couple of weeks now. If you haven't heard about it, and it's a fantastic way to get some great weekly content and bonus content from the podcast, that's delivered straight to your mailbox. And what does that bonus content include? Well, it includes being the first to know when a new podcast episode drops, a weekly wrap up of positive news, and founder of the week, love highlighting founders. We do more of that in the email and newsletter and my weekly recap of the world of social entrepreneurship impact investing things of that nature book podcast documentary recommendations so that you can find out more about solutions to societal problems and featured episodes and much much more that's all coming your way so i highly recommend that you check it out do me a favor sign up for the newsletter get some more information in the world of social entrepreneurship some positivity optimism going on in the world today with all those great solutions by these amazing founders. You can do so today by checking out our Instagram at Talking Podcast, and you will be able to find it in the link in bio. So go check it out and get yourself some fantastic information and shoot me an email back. Give me some feedback. Obviously I'm a huge fan of interacting with the audience. So I love to hear what you have to say and to provide content that most benefits you. So let's dive right back into this week's episode of the Talking Solutions podcast.
1: Basically, our ambition with Curry uh, for the next couple of years is to become the go to app for people to you know, plan and buy their weekly groceries in a climate friendly way. And that means turning Curry into, you know, the uh, cool climate friendly cooking and meal planning app to what we call a shoppable recipes app. And I personally believe that, you know, shoppable recipes are going to play a major role in the way people buy their groceries online in the next five years. Uh, I think the generally the online grocery experience has still been quite disappointing. And I think that making recipes shoppable can be a key to uh, make that more uh, sticky. Um, You know, like every fifth American expects to buy most of their groceries online by 2024. So... There is going to be a lot of people buying their groceries online, but is it going to be through the experience that is available now? I don't think so. And I think um, that shoppable recipes are going to play a great role. But in order to make that happen, you need to make it convenient, personalized, beautiful, satisfying, um, and climate friendly, because more and more people are are worried about about that and are willing to uh, take action. And if that action is delicious and satisfying, that's that's amazing. So to come back on your question, um, becoming the go to app for people to you know plan, figure out and buy their groceries online is, is our ambition. That's going to be uh, done by integrating with most grocers in Europe and in the U.S. They have the APIs ready to do that kind of integration. You have a few examples in the U.S. of such apps and such services who basically don't care about, you know, carbon footprint or or personalization is very bare bones as well. So I think there's an opportunity to build a better product.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the having the ability to kind of get recipes and then having those recipes in those products need ingredients needed for that recipe integrated immediately into your shopping cart, and then to be able to actually make that purchase all within one place would be a fantastic value add as well. And I think a lot of uh, consumers would really kind of resonate with that on that front as well, I think that's just something that, you know, when you talk about convenience and an answer to something that's hard to beat, Um, especially if you can kind of come up with it in a way that's going to be really digestible and uh, easy to use, if you will, on that front too. And the U.S. obviously has a big market for that and and we're hungry for that. I think we're looking for that kind of convenience. I mean, you got apps all the time uh, working with, you know, whether it's DoorDash or Uber Eats, I think even does some stuff for now, or Instacart uh, obviously, it's a big one uh, here as well where people are already, like you said, just ordering groceries. You know, I was with my cousin in Miami and she's like, oh, I never go to the grocery store. I just Instacart everything. Yeah, and I was like, oh, huh, OK, yeah, no, that'll work. That'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those listening, APIs are, are basically just a way that one area can communicate with another via a server. So you can get data that's available from, say, uh, let's use uh, Safeway, Publix, Albertsons, whatever grocery it might be. They have that API. I can communicate with it, bring that data into my application. So that's just what the API means for those that uh, do not know on that front. Baptiste as well with that, we, we talked a little bit of kind of about the future and the goals and what you got kind of going on and, and what you want to become from and what makes you unique. What makes you guys stand out? Like, What would you tell customers and things of that nature that, that makes you kind of stand out? I think I got a, a good hint of what that might be based off this episode, but curious to, to have you put it in your own words.
1: I think the simplicity, you know, translating something that can be very complex uh, into something that is simple, that people think is really easy to use, that is high quality is what we're good at. Um, and I think that's what makes us unique. Uh, we've really put a lot of effort into the quality of the app and the food and that really paid off, which is great. You know, if you work with great food, it's you it can be even more, happy to be building a product that has great food, of course. Um, that's something that I think we, we do quite well.
0: Love it. And how can people get this app right now? If they, they're they listening to you and they go, oh, Baptiste is is onto something fantastic. I need to get in on this. How can they do so? Where can they download the app? Where can they get more information and, and things of that nature to follow and support you guys?
1: Yeah. So Curry is available on most app stores in the world on iOS exclusively. Unfortunately, it's not available on Android yet. Uh, we're going to be working on it soon, um, but available on the App Store. Um, you can download it, sign up. It's free. Everything is free in Curry. Uh, we're rolling out our paid subscription in September as well. But yeah, you can have a great time with the free experience that we're offering and that we're going to keep offering. Um, and that's how you can support us. Basically, just try your first recipe with Curry and I think you're going to have a good time.
0: Yes, and what social media can people follow you on and things of that nature to get up to date news and, and to find out what date exactly in September we're going to be getting that kind of magic, uh, magic recipe uh, recommender, recommender, if you will.
1: So you can follow us on most social media: uh, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook. Our handle is Cook with Curry. Um, pretty simple. It's the same everywhere. Uh, you can follow us there. And uh, yeah, we send a couple of emails as well to our users, you know, to let them know about the new product. So if you sign up, you'll be up to date with, you know, the new releases, the new product, the magic uh, meal plan builder that we're uh, building right now. I'm super excited about that.
0: Yeah, it's a super cool feature. I love it. All right. On that front, anything else that you feel like that maybe we may have missed in this episode or anything of that nature as well that you would like to kind of add about yourself or about Curry? not that i
1: can think of from the top of my head no i think we covered quite a lot of ground of course you know there's a lot that we could talk about you know you know what we talked about in the beginning about sustainable practices in farming or misconceptions with the uh, sustainability um but i think that would be another hour of, of discussion so yeah. i think that, <laughs> it's better that we, that we stop. oh yeah here. we could dive in yeah.
0: probably for a, a couple more hours on that front yeah I I talk
1: a lot about this subject because I'm passionate about it on on Twitter. Um, uh, You can find me on Twitter as well. Um, I'm a bit, you know, um, into this uh, climate, food, vegan scene as well. I'm sorry about that. I'm the annoying vegan, but that's that's also who I am now.
0: Um, But yeah. Embrace it. You got a lot to share on that front as well. You know, you might either find a... You might also find somebody else who wasn't well what did you say uh, uneducated omnivore or then that, or That's what was it clueless 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 yeah. omnivore yeah and now uh, knowing a little bit more so you never know whose who's mind you might change and to be open to to listen to things like that and what's your handle on twitter so people want to follow
1: it's only a uh, so uh it's yeah it's, it's pretty difficult it's b p t s t m l g t so that's a little bit. All right. To... We'll make
0: sure we add a link for you all on that front because no one's going to remember that one. So we'll uh, we'll add a link there and, and make sure that that's available for people to follow you as well. But Batista, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and and most importantly, your fantastic solution to create, uh, you know, better health and, and a climate friendly answer, if you will, to the age old question, what is for dinner? So thank you so much for for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It was It was great. You're a great
0: host. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, put it out there for everybody to hear. I love it. There we go. <laughs> Ego boost. Fantastic. <laughs> that is the founder of Curry, Batiste Malaguti, joining us here on the Talking Solutions podcast. Again, if you're interested in that platform and in, in that application, it's on iOS. You can download it on the App Store here in the US. And if you're in Germany and, and France as well, those are the three main markets. Sounds like in Spanish, it's coming Uh, relatively soon as well. So if you're an American and looking forward in in Espanol, then it'll be coming your way soon. And then if you're in Spain, you can have it and then parts of uh, Latin America as well. Again, you can get more information as well at curry.co. That's K-U-R-I dot C-O. You can follow them across social media. You can find all of their links there. And, And of course, in addition to that, We'll be providing their links throughout the week uh, through our website and then on our Instagram and social media links as well on that front as a great way to get personalized nutrition in low carbon, uh, reduce your carbon footprint, I should say, and also get more seasonal food sourced near you. So you can find all of that information as well throughout the week as we highlight curry in this edition of the talking solutions podcast that's going to wrap things up if you enjoyed the episode as always would appreciate a subscribe and then also a rating as well if you're ever so kind and then of course give us a follow across the social media channels as well so until next time i hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week Thanks for listening to the Talkin' Solutions Podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode and check out all of our guests on our website at cheshtech.com. That's dot com To learn more as we continue our mission of supporting impact-driven founders, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talkin' Solutions Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talkin' Solutions. If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate a review and a recommendation to a friend as we focus on highlighting these great founders and individuals providing solutions to societal problems and bringing optimism into the world.